Thanks. Hang on. This is actually bought doing my courtship here in London. In fact, it's actually like a win because it fits me. <laughs> this is a pre-pregnancy cloth top that's fit that, that I, I actually welcome, is the first time I'm wearing welcome. it since Thanks for joining um, us. I had a baby, uh, so Mr. it didn't fit before. Yeah, really grateful that you guys have been part of this, and yeah, we officially started the official life. And um, for those who don't know me, I'm David James, and I'm the faithful, and I'm proud to say that, husband of Janet James. And we're here tonight to talk about a whole lot of issues, a, lot, a whole lot of topics, um, particularly, I think we, we, we just chosen today, uh, especially because, you know, it's February 14th and it's Valentine's Day. Um, and of course, a lot of people are celebrating Valentine uh, in different places of the world. And I think um, uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about today is why do we as Christians celebrate Valentine and should we celebrate Valentine? And, and what is the purpose of Valentine? Is it, you know, um, just to celebrate love and friendship? And what is love and what is friendship? Um, so we're going to be talking um, a lot about those things. And, um, well, obviously, believe and trust God and the Holy Spirit, the God, the Spirit of God that we serve um, is right here with us. And um, hopefully um, the wisdoms that will be coming out from here will not just be our uh, uh, understanding, but it will be things that are, things that will be ministered, that everyone who is sort of part of this tonight will be able to go away with something that um, hopefully changes their life forever. Amen. Do you want to say something there, honey? No. I just introduced the podcast and prayer. Okay. okay. Yeah, so we're just going to, just going to pray and just, you know, just ask the Holy Spirit to just come. Um, and join us in this, this uh, podcast and this live video. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here and to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, we are grateful that you've given us this uh, platform. And of course, we thank you for the privilege. Amen. We pray, O oh God, that even as we um, engage your people tonight, that uh, you give us the wisdom and the understanding and, and you express yourself through us and that even we ourselves will be changed and transformed and anyone and everyone that's tuning to be a part of this program tonight will definitely um, see a part in their life transform and uh, completely changed in Jesus name Amen, Amen. position this so I get a good right okay yeah thanks Timmy Tyler for joining in uh, thanks uh, Joker for joining in all right thank you so I think the what is the structure for tonight so I guess the structure for us is to essentially talk about our relationship um, I, I think he, he had a good idea of talking about Valentine. Valentine, it's so, so history today. And yes, where we're currently at now as Christians, mm -hmm. and, 
whether to celebrate it or not. Yep. Then we have questions that were given to us. Yeah. And so maybe we should just start with like a welcome. So you introduce yourself. Yep. I didn't really introduce myself. That's why I, I called you to introduce was. yourself. So, um. <laughs> I, know, I, I didn't even know we were recording yet, y'all. Yeah, yeah. So we're actually recording a podcast. Yes. And this being our second episode, yeah, we have to kind of like re- like you know introduce ourselves. And I'm so I'm Janet James. My husband was David James. Uh, uh, was you mean I am David James? David James. Oh my God, I am David James. Please. <laughs> I'm Janet James. Newsflash, and I am David we James. We both pen a blog called David Love Love Janet dot com. com, and it's unique because a lot of couples don't pen blogs together, mm-hmm. and so we are one of those couples who do, mm-hmm. and. Even on that blog, we actually have a blog post on why our last names are is James. Yeah. It's to honor our late father. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It was a great band. Um, yeah. He lived a very good life and very proud um, of his achievements. He's he's just um, an incredible man. I, I, I consider him as um, an icon, uh, someone who's achieved beyond what is expected of of someone in that circumstance and in that situation. Um, but yeah, so. And so the, like the purpose of this podcast is to get a mind behind our blog posts because you can only say so much in words before you lose, especially the millennial mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and specifically today, mm-hmm. we wanted to talk all things love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so, see you. Thanks, y'all, for joining Esther Jemima. <laughs> okay, so, so so today is February 14th, as, as you all know, and um, it is the day that has been um, over <coughs> hundreds of years now uh, celebrated as, um, uh, celebrated, set aside rather, as a day to celebrate love and friendship, of course. <clears throat> the background behind that is, um, it's really sh- in be- in between um, the legend of St. Valentine and, of course, the story behind that, of course, is that um, he was in defiance of uh, the Roman Empire, Claudius II, um, who thought that single men, who thought that single men um, ought, are exclusively meant for battle. So if you're someone between the age of uh, say 18 and above, essentially you're relegated to be a soldier for life, so you're not supposed to be married. And of course, in those days, you know, there were lots of wars and people were fighting um, each other. And, and of course, Rome um, wanted to take over the world. And so, uh, uh, Roman Empire Claudius II um, relegated all single men to be soldiers. And of course, St. Valentine um, didn't see the wisdom in that and so he continued to marry single um, men um, with their uh, with their spouse and so um, his bravery of course um, landed him in jail okay so he was being brave persecuted, uh, persecuted I guess um, but it, it landed him in jail and and of course um, it was recorded that he actually sent his first um, love letter from the cell to um, his love, um, his love, and, and so that's sort of like the beginning of 
of Valentine's Valentine's Day, February 14th. And of course, it's also shrouded with... So, so again, you've got to a point where we've got another history of, of Christian um, essentially trying to Christianize Valentine, um, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And so, but wasn't Valentine the saint? The saint, yes. But so the day... So th- there is yeah so so there's another celebration um, that was done um, on the on the the same day the 14th mm-hmm. of February um, it's actually a pagan celebration as well um, mm-hmm. that um, essentially what the Romans did was that they 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 worship or celebrate the uh, fertility festival and so what that means is and, that, and essentially what the fertility festival is. Is, is sort of dedication to um, a god, one of the Roman god called uh, Phanos or Faunos, depends on how you want to pronounce it, Faunos, mm-hmm. and uh, Roman god of agriculture. So, yes, the Roman god of agriculture. <laughs> so, um, so that's how he. So, of course, that festival has been going on, the, the the pagan festival. So, the Christian wanted to Christianize the pagan festival. Um, that's um, uh, pagan festival of uh, uh, fertility. What they did was to also um, make uh, February fourteenth as the day that they celebrate. Um, they celebrate love and celebrate the love of God and celebrate love for one another and that sort of thing. So, so you have two. Uh, should I say conflicting um, backgrounds or histories? Um, but uh, this is where this is. Essentially, that's the history. So basically, the Christians coined it, and then the pagan gods coined yeah. it. Yeah. So of course, I think um, when the Christian, when the Roman Empire, when 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 the the church, be, you know, gained more ground and became the main religion in Rome, um, the pagan festival was outlawed. So that didn't continue anymore. And so of course, the Christian one then became the dominant celebration. So basically, the Christians hijacked. The celebration. Yeah. So. Isn't that a good thing? Well, I guess it is. <laughs> well, but, so how is it? It's always present? good to hijack things, right? As Christians, just just go to somewhere and just uh, uh, um, just begin to talk for Jesus, begin to you know speak about God, and mm. or generally, or generally just um, uh, uh, be funny if you find yourself in a place that is dark and you want to be the light of yeah, God in there. So. It's always good to shed the light to be the light. I think, um, oh, yeah. definitely. I don't think you can hijack uh, lots of things, uh, some things, but yeah, no, I definitely agree that you can definitely well, be the light and yeah. shine the, like God, the gospel. On exactly. Exactly. That might be dark. Yeah. Okay, so what about now? Is it, is it still the same holiday that we knew from well, the church back in the day, or what's? What um. Well, let's take for example the, the Halloween, for example. I know, I know. I'm just giving an example. Oh, okay. That Christians, a lot of people, a lot of Christians today, um, in some churches, they actually um, have another celebration on Halloween's day mm-hmm. um, that tend to shed more light to, um, to more Christ and to be more gospel-centered. That's mm-hmm. it. So that, you know, rather than um, uh, encouraging the darkness, really, we are competing and shining for the light of God. And I think that's really what we need to do as Christians. We can't just sit down and expect that everything would fall into place. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we should definitely be the light wherever we find darkness. I do like that idea mm-hmm. of having a counter celebration on Halloween. Mm-hmm. For example, I don't know about celebrating not Halloween. Not celebrating Halloween. So Absolutely not. Are I, you saying I, that because of that example on Valentine's Day that the church used to celebrate it until now we just take the like the good parts of it and celebrate it or something? I, I think celebrating Valentine's Day, um, I, I don't necessarily think uh, personally and I believe we have the same view that just <laughs> yes, yes, we have to have the same view. Must have the same view. Did you come out of my mom's womb? Like, how do we have the same? <laughs> this is real. We don't have the same view all the time, though. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that point. Okay. Um, okay. Well, well. So, so my point is that um, Valentine's Day uh-huh. should not just be one Valentine's Day. If it comes to celebration of love and friendship shouldn't just be on February the 14th. Uh You know, if if celebrating of love and friendship should be something that you you do every single day, Uh, if it's with your family, you appreciate, you love them. If it's with your friends, you always show that you love them as much as you can uh, every single seconds of every day. Obviously, you can't do that every single second of every day, but as much as you possibly can, you should show that you love them. Um, and of course, you know, love is not about the amount of money you shower on them. Love is not about, uh, you know, um, being, being away and sending the flower. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> if like, you really shout out to be all there, the husbands. Yeah. Shout out to all the, even those that don't, are not married watching. No problem. We don't have to, you don't have to be married to watch our podcast, but shout out to all the men who sent flowers, chocolates, but are you going to make sure you follow up tomorrow? <laughs> follow up tomorrow with something sweet, okay? Let it not end today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Auntie Debbie. I really appreciate seeing you on, on here. Um, yeah, so basically, um, I think that celebration, love, and friendship should be something that is done um, from day to day. Amen. And so... Um, so we do agree. On that, Would you I agree? agree on that. Yeah, I agree on that. But I do think it's sweet for celebrations to be done, as, like you know, once in a while, randomly. Whether it is today, whether the husband or the, I mean, I, you know, the married people that have boyfriends here, no problem, no problem. We're encouraging everybody, singles, yeah. courting, mm-hmm. boyfriend, married. It's sweet that you know they went the extra effort today. Mm-hmm. Go the extra effort on the birthdays. Go the extra effort just because. Go the extra effort just to go the extra effort and then continue. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, plan a little surprise here and there. Um, go on vacations, just you and your partner. Um, whatever it is that you do it, to express your love. And, and Especially us. I don't know if like people that are first, first generation uh, Americans coming or first generation British on our pod, on, on our live right now, but listen to our podcasts. A lot of us didn't grow up with that culture of just giving, like gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, the love that we show is like daily kind of love, you know, everyday Valentine's Day. Yeah. But just going that extra mile, whether it's Valentine's Day or not, is 
is really yeah. important. And we've had to learn that in our marriage. Like, mm-hmm. I bought my husband this really cool gift of, like, flying an airplane that he hasn't used yet. Yeah. But um, you were surprised. Yeah, I was super surprised. <laughs> so hopefully he'll so, use it soon. So I've always wanted to be a pilot. And out of many things I want to be in life, um, and, of course, randomly, I got this voucher that um, my wife got me, which is for me to go um, to experience uh, uh, an helicopter fly. That was pretty surprising. So I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. I've never really experienced a, a, a being on a, a helicopter, um, and so that would be really, really great for me, too. So I look, really look forward to it, um, to doing that. And, and so... Having said all of that, and, and thanks, uh, Bona. I really appreciate you being on, being on here, Bona. Um, hi, Joshua. Hi, Mercy. Uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, so hi, Esther. Thanks for joining in. Well, we have to shout out people here, too. So hi, and Sarah. Hi, hi, Sarah. Ruth, Peace. Ah, right. Hi, Tosin. Hi, Miss Hi, Mrs. Stolson. <laughs> okay, I think I'm getting too formal there. Um, yeah, so having said that, I think we really should go forward. And, and, and regardless of, you know, when if you decide to, to celebrate on the 14th of February, um, the most important thing really is to understand what love and friendship is because that's what um, uh, Valentine's Day is all about, love and friendship. So, And so the underlying thing is, even if people like some people may go hard oh it's not only about love on valentine's day it's not a sin to celebrate the church hijacked it from the pagan people and the pagan gods and the the, the pagan people of the time to make it a celebration of love and Mm -hmm. friendship so it's okay Mm -hmm. to dwell in that celebration Mm -hmm. you know just don't overdo it and Mm -hmm. just don't lose the whole sense of love right and we're gonna go into what love is and that that's correct that. that's correct yeah. um yeah so so you know that's mm. very correct mm. so we let's talk about love and friendship yeah, shall let's we talk about love and let's talk about love how many people want to talk about love and friendship <laughs> and friendship um love and friendship are very i would say the key um i would say love and friendship really is one of those things that is the glue of the society. Love is hard. <laughs> okay, I think you just went straight for it. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just mind-blowing, like, the magnitude of love. Anyways, what did you say about, okay, love, love is the blueprint of... is the glue that yeah. ought to hold the society together. Yeah. And what... And look at our society right now, though. Have you look? Have you look at? Have you look at our society, honey? Yes. It's a, it's in shambles. It is crazy what's going on out there. Um, whew. Every day you you hear news that just makes you think that um, makes you really question your humanity to start with, rather than even you know so really con, con, on asking yourself you know you know why do human beings behave the way they do you know there there is no more love you know really there's no it's no more love in 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 our world 
It's um, simple it's yet no more, it's not simple. Yes, there's no more love in our world. Yeah. There's, there's no more love in our in our hearts yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, people have gradually uh, become selfish. Yeah. So it's, it's a society of just it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I care about. I care about me. I, I, I only care about me only. So I apologize for, about that. Just got to call in. I only care about me and me and me. And so really that's how the society rolls these days. And it, it's, it creeps into our home, Christian homes. It creeps in that you just want to just kind of just stay in your little corner and not show the love we're going to talk about in, the, you know, in a couple of minutes that we're mandated to love and that society can really thrive on hmm. because right now it's not doing so well in the kind of love that's pushed on mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So, um, so friendship, uh, I think before you, co- from love. yeah, that's, that's exactly, I was going to say that before you consider friendship before you can develop friendship friendship is is an experience okay mm-hmm. so that's what friendship really is it's an experience that is stemmed from love um, it's an experience that is born from love an experience that um, is um, really taken out from love so you know you got to have the fundamental love of humanity uh, fundamental love of family fundamental love of friends fundamental love of uh, uh, relate of, of relations um, before you even consider uh, for example friendship with the other um, okay. the other being a friend being um, whoever you've chosen to become so your spouse your spouse uh, your the same sex your colleague same sex, up, yeah. colleagues at work yeah schoolmates that's correct so again back to love. Because love is really the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when we talk about love today, what do we t- what do we mean? Right. So we're gonna now give a working definition. of our viewers asked of love and friendship. A so working. What, uh, what we can we? Love, can you give a how working? How do you define love? How do you define love? Okay, so brother Gordon. Hey, shout out to brother Gordon. Thanks for being on here. Um, is asking us a question that can you give a working definition for true love, love and friendship? And friendship, yep. yes. So um, there are the the simple definition that I would give um, before I go into giving the full definitions of, of um, love, true love, and friendship. Um, I want to explain what true love and friendship is not. Yeah. And so yeah, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> so we want to explain really what true love and friendship is not. And then uh, we go into um, the definition. I mean, friendship is so broad that um, we can't even cover uh, half of it tonight or even a tenth of it tonight. But we'll try our best uh, as much as possible to go into into it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, essentially, love, um, what love is not is... Uh, the definition of what love is in the world. So the world has its own definition of love. Mm-hmm. 
which is right so the world of course has its own definition of love which is um, being considerate um, right so just sorry I'm just being a little distracted here for uh, getting some messages come in but yeah so the love of the world is simply associated with uh, fleshy um, ex uh, expression so um, instant gratification instant gratification um, it's it's a it's almost like a, a buy and sell so it's a currency so you can look at the world love as in, in the context of the world and when we talk about the world we're talking about how love is being expressed and how love is being received across the globe um, yeah uh, so it's essentially a currency of self gratification yep um, if you don't do this for me I will not do this for you that's what Simple. love is so what love in the context of the world is is the currency of self gratification now uh, let me just unpack that a little bit and what it means is like my like my wife just said um, like Janet just said is self gratifying the the all the different parts, the different um, uh, senses of the body. So what you see, what you feel, what you hear, um, what you touch, and, and what you feel. Um, so if what I, what, what I expect you to give to me is not self-gratifying in whatever capacity, then um, I am not loving you. If I want sex... And we're not married, and you're not giving it to me. I don't love you. Yeah. So I only love you uh, as long as you're giving me you you giving me sex. Or you're taking me out on dates. Or yeah. you're buying me nice things. Or even in like parental relationships, if you're paying for my rent, yeah, you're paying for my car. I love you. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, deuces, like deuces, mom and dad. Hmm. We don't need to talk. Yeah. Yeah, so if you don't... Oh, in marriage, um, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to take care of the house and do anything for you as a, as a spouse. Like, you're not even working. Like, why am I even going to, like, you know, cater to your needs or you're not even, like, paying attention to me? Hmm. Like, like, no. Go get your own food out, hmm. <laughs> out there. Hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brought a garden. It is the currency of self-gratification. Um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm not nice to you, you're not nice to me. If I don't greet you in the morning, um, then you don't greet me in the morning. If I don't yeah, buy you gifts, nice. if I don't buy you gifts, um, then I don't buy you gifts. If you don't attend my program that I organize, right, if you don't attend the program that I organize, then I'm not going to attend the program that you organize. If you don't come to my preaching or come to my teaching, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to uh, promote your teaching so, if you, mm -hmm. your, or your artistry. So um, is friendship not? So friendship, friendship, friendship. So again, we talked about love it's as being the foundation yep. from, from friendship. And so um, I can't be your friend and be stabbing you. You, stabbing you in the back. I can't be your best friend and be sleeping with your husband. 
<laughs> yep. I can't be your best friend and be sleeping no, with your... That's not funny, man. No, no, no. Mm. I can't be your best friend and be... Um, and, and be sleeping with your... So, what is friendship there... What's, what is friendship there for in the worldly... Um, uh, in a worldly context? So, friendship can easily be defined as a false crutch of companionship. So yes, that's, and a false what a visual, crutch. What a visual for my visual learners mm-hmm. out here. A false crutch, like you, like you lean on a some what you think is a crutch, but actually it's weak and broken. It's like a mirage of something strong, it's but then a, you lean on it, yeah. and then it falls. Yeah, that so, is what a friendship is not. Yeah, Friend, yes. yeah. It's a false, one, false crutch yes. of companionship. Yes. So, um. The, why do we call it the false crutch of yes. companionship? I hope y'all are taking notes. I'm taking notes from my husband <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A false crutch of companionship in the sense that this person that you're relying so much on, this person that you think will give you the the support, um, as if they are not grounded in God, they are human beings and they are, they are prone uh, to... Uh, they're prone to make error. They're prone to error. So they would make error. They're not going to be, they're not Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect um, as long as they're in the flesh. That's the test of true friendship. If, you know, there's a fault in a friend, but you're still able to move through that fault, that's a true friend. Yes. Um, and so we've talked about uh, love um, um, and and love as the currency of, of self gratification. Mm-hmm. We've talked about friendship, friendship which, it, is which is the false crutch of, of companionship. companionship. Um, so now, and these and are like the bedrock of marriage relationships. This is this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be the the, the, the foundation upon which a marriage thrives. Yes. I mean, without love and yep. friendship, friendship, there is no way. A marriage can stand. Yep. And of course, it is no bigger of a news, of course, that we have a society today that um, almost 80%, if not more, of marriages um, failing. are failing, and a lot of um, a lot of them uh, ends up in divorce. Which is just because I'm proud about. Yeah. And then millennials are not even getting married at all. Mm. The marriage rate is so low. Yeah. And our age range. Yeah. Like, why am I going to get married? Why am I going to sign that document knowing mm. that I might get divorced? I don't, mm. And I feel you. Yeah. Seriously, I feel you. Yeah. So, so it comes down to what are the certainty? Right. <laughs> what are the certainty? How can you be certain of love? How can you be certain of friendship? How do you know that this person loves me and this person uh, is a good person? Okay. So what like how can we be certain someone loves and someone is my friend? So what love is and what, what love, friendship is. That is what we're getting at now. Now. So love is essentially unconditional. And let's just underline that. Yes. Unconditional. Which means it has it has no strings attached. <sighs> it's hard. 
What it means? It means there's no strings attached. Yeah. That's what that's what love is. Now, how do we get how do we get to that point of love? Simply no human being in the truest sense of the word has the capacity to love the other without no with no strings attached. Even no. me up. <laughs> That is the fact. I expect things from my husband. <laughs> um, the, the, the truth is, if everybody wants to be honest with themselves, um, if you're a human being um, and you're not an alien, you know, you didn't drop out of space, you know, of course, if you dropped out of space, you wouldn't even have, uh, in a sense, of human love. So um, you're out of the game, essentially. But how can we then come to a point... Um, to a point where we are able to love our significant other um, without having strings. Because um, when, when it comes to the real deal about life, you certainly want something from your significant other. Oh, yeah. You want them to cook for you, you African man. <laughs> All kinds of men. All kinds of men. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, but you want your spouse, I mean, as a man, you want your, your, your spouse to, when you, say you've just, you've just had a, a really long, long, day. tough day at work, and you're kind of like just hungry, and you just come home, and then you came to the house, you're like, the food is not ready. What are you going to do? Are you going to moan? Are you going to be like, ugh, like I do sometimes? It's okay. <laughs> Why is the food not ready? I forgive you already. Why is the food not ready? It I'm hungry. The baby. So, um, so no man, and I think this is a punchline right here. No man can love their significant other with no. an unconditional love without the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, what is love? Love is the unconditional expression. Of gratitude inspired by the Holy Spirit. The unconditional expression of gratitude and appreciation expressed or rather influenced by the Holy Spirit. So it's very simple. I cannot love my wife successfully, completely, and unconditionally without my submission to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's very simple. I can come here and, and even even um, we talked about being open and honest tonight, even before the podcast, we had a conversation, uh, we had a disagreement about something and we had to... Uh, Which is basically we, we, both felt, we both felt offended. Because yeah. of our tone and how we talked, how we approached the situation in regards of our words. And we had to deal with it instead of just being our feelings. We had to talk it out. Yeah. So your emotion wouldn't want to, like my emotion didn't want to talk about anything. You know, I just want to go and relax and chill. But, um, and forget about the problem and, well, not problem, but forget about the issue. Hi. But you cannot shove things in the closet. If we if this podcast had to happen, <laughs> we couldn't shove it. We had to talk about it. We had to do 
what I had um, put on my IG story that garnered some interest, mirror therapy session. It's not a real thing, y'all. It's just your spouse is your mirror, and you just make it a point to have them tell you what it is you really are like and vice versa, and then you talk it out. And there's practical steps and how you can ter- talk it out, obviously, mm-hmm. that we can go into another time. Yep. 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 So, so of course, what we talked is, about uh, so love, love is, is the, the unconditional, unconditional expression, expression of gratitude. Of gratitude influenced by the Holy Spirit. That's it. love is. So, what is friendship? Influenced or inspired. Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, friendship, therefore, becomes the, in, the joint companionship of the Trinity, the joined companionship of the Trinity, and so what I mean, what do I mean by the Trinity now? Lived it's not out, the, it's, out. it's not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost now, y'all. <laughs> so the Trinity is. I learned that's not even in the Bible. The word Trinity is never written in the Bible, y'all. Yes, anyway, that's on the side. That's on. Yeah. So. So therefore, friendship is the, the joint tree? companionship of, this, of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So what is the joint companionship of the Trinity? It's between me, my significant other, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that, that is the Trinity, the, the trine being that I'm talking about. The, the trine um, uh, a relationship. Right? So we, you cannot be a friend to somebody without having Christ as the centerpiece of your relationship. Mm-hmm. In our conversation, our communication, we all have to, we have to include the Holy Spirit to be part of that experience. Yeah. In our conversation in life, I talk to my wife, I also talk to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Holy Spirit talks, uses her to talk through to me. Sometimes the Holy Spirit uses me to talk to her. Tough. And nice. it may not be palatable, it may not be nice. Um, she might not want to hear the truth, or I might not want to hear the truth, but the truth had to be told Amen. by somebody. So if she's not ready to say the truth, if I'm not ready to say the truth, the Holy Spirit, as long as we've given the Holy Spirit the permission in our life, the Holy Spirit comes in and tells us both the truth. Yeah. Well said. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, so friendship. Friendship. So joint companionship of the Trinity. And the Trinity is my husband, me, and the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit, my husband, and me. Mm. Within marriage. Yeah. And whatever the, the three it is within your relationship. So your friend, you, and God. Your, your mom, you, and God. Your dad, you, and God. Yeah. So I, I want to emphasize on just one more thing before we go into the, the, the uh, podcast questions. Um, which is... Um, God is love. Yep, God is love. So for you, uh, for anybody, and I have to say this, for you to truly be able to, like I've sort of said it before, but I just wanted to hamper on it, for you to be able to truly love somebody um, unconditionally, which is really what a true love is, right? Um, You have to have God in you. Why do you have to have God in you? Because the scriptures tells us that God is love. love. So if God is love, by definition, by virtue, by character, by uh, personality, by nature, ultimately, 
God is love. God is love. And so if you want to love, you have to have God in you. So if you haven't got God in you, this is the perfect time for you to have God in your life. If you don't have God in your life, if you've been messing around, if you've not been taking God seriously, if you've been, um, you know, being, if you're, you're like a yo-yo um, in and out of faith and in and out of faith, um, this is the perfect time for you to surrender your life to God and to ask God and to ask Jesus to come into your life and be the Lord and Savior of your life. Um, and so, and you ask him to transform you into that image of him, because we are supposed to be, um, we're supposed to be transformed into the image of Christ from glory to glory. So if we want to be like Christ, if we want to be like Christ, if we want to be like Christ, then if we want to love like Christ. Now, how did Jesus Christ loved us as, as, as a church? Or how did Jesus Christ love the world? How did God love the world? He gave his only son. And what did the Holy to Son? To die for us to have a new beginning, a new life. After we've already been a part of a life in itself on this earth. To wash away our sins, mm-hmm. our sinful nature, and to have communion restored yeah. back to his Father God. Yeah, so if you cannot die for somebody, realistically, you don't love them. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So if you've got a place... But, this, oh, but God has already, Jesus has already died for you. I know, I know. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Uh, which is, there's a mark, it's no a standard. I'm not to die for nobody. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, y'all. Don't go die for no... Well... There's already been someone that's already died for you. It's Jesus. But you still want to have that integrity of, you know. Essentially, being the protector. Being the protector of your family. Being the protector of your home. Yeah. And uh, not being able to stand, um, guard your home. Yeah. Ultimately, bottom line is love God um, because... It's only through him that we can love anybody. Amen, 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 and amen. amen. And so we're going to go straight into the questions. questions. So I see people are like coming in and out of mine, same with yours. But we got some questions asked by some of our followers. Right here, printed out nice and neat. And it's actually categorized into three sec- into four sections. We have respect and behavior questions, conflict resolution, courtship and engagement, and intimacy and sex. So the first question, just the same order, mm-hmm. how do you practically make your husband feel respected? I'm no expert at this, obviously. <laughs> the conversation we just had before we had this podcast was about how I made, I, f- I made, I, f- he felt disrespected by my my by how I spoke. Um, well, should the reciprocal? Well, should um get across to him? He felt disrespected. So, practically, how do you make your husband feel respected? Is your tone as a spouse, as a as a wife, is just your tone on how to how you talk to your husband? That's like, I think that's that's that covers it all bases because it's inevitable unless you are 
like deaf, you have to talk. And if you're deaf, then you use your, your sign language. <laughs> you, you use sign language. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, do you want to hear my perspective? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, I'm the one that needs to be respected, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's true, amen. Yeah, so how, how do I, how would I, I mean, every man is different, um, but one thing that is um, the same for every man is that every man wants to be respected. Yeah, the Bible says it. Yeah. Right? The scripture says, honor your Ephesians 5, honey. I don't know if we open the Bible and read it. It says, honor your husband. Okay, when is the open it going? But you can answer the question. Keep on answering the question. Yeah, yeah so the scripture says, honor your husband and husband love your wife. And so, um, respect really is what uh, we men translate as love. Yeah. So, that's what it is. You know, we translate love as, res- we translate respect as love. And so, if I am respected, um, in whatever shape or form, depending on you know the individual person, um, then I feel loved. If I don't feel respected, then I don't feel loved. Of course, the circumstances is different. The the feeling, should I say, is is different for uh, for the the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if there's a question there that says how does the man, honey, yes, how does the man. Um, respect the wife. Is there a question like that, or just a simple one? How? No, I mean love. How, uh, how the no. man you know, the respect? So there's one that says, "How do you practically make your husband feel respected?" That's what we just answered. Yeah, that's you one just, we just, you just, you just so, answered it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I also wanted to turn it around to the woman. How does the man uh, uh, respect the woman? It's really by loving them, um, and of course, women's love. Woman's perception of love is, is not is different from that of men. It, it's it's spoken words. How, how many words? Um, how many words of uh, affirmation? Words of love? Words of uh, appreciation? Uh, do you shower them from day to day? Um, how much time do you spend with them? Um, women really appreciate a good. Um, this is, this is a sermon for you too, honey. Uh, yeah. How much time... <laughs> for you too. How much time do we spend with our wives? Um, is, it, is it good enough time, you know? And I think the one thing that I wanted to actually just put here is um, if your wife is not respecting you um, in the way that you should... Um, just be honest. You, you cannot... You don't demand respect. Um, it's good to talk about it. But you don't go about demanding respect, um, you know, uh, as men. And you see, I've heard, you know, situation where um, it's good to talk about it. It's good to, to, to help um, uh, your spouse to understand that certain things you feel disrespectful, but you're not to be on the agenda. You're not to, supposed to have, a, I must make her respect me. That's true. That yeah. is not the agenda. So, yeah. we, didn't, we don't want the podcast to be too long, longer than a little bit over an hour. So, we're going to go to the next question. But, actually, it was First Peter 3. It says, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and NLT says, wives, respect and obey your husbands. So, I guess, like, subjection is respect. Yeah. So, yeah. So, First Peter 3. Yeah. So the scriptures, 
list. Talk to your husbands. Yeah. So go to the next question. Question number you, two. Yeah, you can read it, honey. So question number two. How do you ensure not to feel used as a wife in marriage? Ooh, that's a nice one. How do you ensure not to feel used as a wife in marriage? I would say definitely have your spouse know your love language so that um, throughout the day, you know, he's he's practically showing you love in that way. We're working on that. Words of affirmation, my husband does does that. And I could do also more. just making sure your identity is rooted in one that we just spoke about that died for you, Christ, knowing that you are doing everything unto him, and also just being, like, transparent with your spouse, like, honey, I would love if you can show me, like, you can tell me you appreciate this, like, if you're cooking and he doesn't really, he just eats, like, honey, how do you like the food? I would love if you can just, you know, if you can appreciate me more, you know, say, you know, thank you for the food, or let me know how you like it, how how it tastes, Etc. Yeah. And, and can I just add to that that you're not supposed to go and demand your husband must say thank you. You must not say, you must say thank you, or you must say this and you must say that. Everything really that we do in, in marriage and that's done in courtship should be done with Absolutely. wisdom, mm-hmm. with godly wisdom and understanding because you're trying to uh, be a peacemaker in your home. Mm-hmm. And if the um, love language of the man is also words, then you may find yourself making the problem um, worse um, instead of it getting better. So I'll take for example now, if, if if you've got a husband, if the husband didn't appreciate your food, you just say, sweetheart, do you like the food? Now, tell me if you like the food. Come on now. I want to hear it. I want to know if you like the food. See that? That expression, you know, say, honey, you're supposed to tell me thank you. You're supposed to appreciate me. See? It's a different approach. So, how how the, how the man feel that and feel that really is important. You're not going to, you, you know, your house should not be a war zone. Your house should not be the battleground. Your house is not the court of justice. (laughs) Your house is not the the court of justice. Your house should not be the European courts of the European Court of Justice. So um your words are so critical and so important. The way you convey, the way you carry those across uh could either break or make a relationship. God sees also. Hmm. Not you fully used, but God sees what's going on. I mean, in time, and just through prayer as well, in time, your spouse will also see that as well. So, the next category, kind of like the same thing, the same category we just talked about, but I put on the conf- conflict resolution. What are some practical ways of conflict resolution in marriage for issues that are very important to the individuals and a solution needs to be reached? So, my husband just talked about how to approach in speech using compliments and just like asking in manners of peace of peaceful manner i would just say that there has to be transparency to gain um, a practical way of conflict resolution 
when solutions need to be reached because I really can't go like a long day without a solution being reached for something that, I'm, that we're in conflict with. It's being transparent and obviously seeing it in love how you're feeling and what you're feeling. Yeah. So I um, there's a few things I want to... That's really, really good, honey. Um, one minute. So there's a few things that I wanted to say to this. First thing, the first thing is God says you should not let um, anger... Um, go to bed with anger. Go to bed with anger. And we've all fallen short of that... Falling short of the glory of that kind of that statement, mm-hmm. um, but critically, uh, but honestly speaking, for you to have a um, for you to have a really uh, good marriage and for you to to be at peace with yourself in, in your marriage, you really cannot afford to go to bed angry. Um, you should come find a way. You know, you might not be able to have a engaging uh, conversation straight up. And if you're not, you should be honest enough to tell your other spouse, I'm sorry, I can't talk about this right now. Just give me some few minutes or give me some time to to think things through or to relax, yeah. right? To contemplate my approach to this. Um, and um, secondly... Next question? Oh, you, you got yeah, I just want to say one more oh, thing. Okay. Jesus says when you're, when you're being hurt, um, when you someone um, uh, hurts you, 77 okay. times you forget them. 77 times so Amen. we yeah that was a good one yeah you and know, so like, like over and over again <laughs> like yeah. you don't want to do this over yeah, yeah no no but that's that was a yeah so but this <laughs> is what us. this is what the scripture says and this is where the word of God that's the third person so even if I don't want to do it the word of God wants me to do it I have to compel myself to um, to do to, to doing it um, and um, if we are true Christians and our heavenly father is forgiving us and so we should be able to forgive every other person that has hurt us. So my IG tells me I only have a minute and 20 seconds remaining. So if that's the case, we're going to continue this on my f- husband's Facebook Live, which is live now. So you can head over to my husband's Facebook Live under David James. We have one, two, three, four, five more questions. And then we'll round it up. We really want just this to be an hour, but I think it's going to be like maybe an hour, 15 minutes. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay, so next question. For Brother David, how does a woman draw the line between marrying a man for his potential or actually making her decision on his present behavior circumstance? Since individuals have the tendency to mature further over the years, what would David consider the telltale signs of a real man that may have unstopped, untapped potential, but is almost certain to achieve it? I ask this question on the premise that even those who marry young are marrying each other at the formative stages of their career. So very, very important. Basically, how to not put a man in the box that you want to marry and yeah. see what was different between seeing his potential and like currently where he is, right? Yeah. Can, can you not just start this over again? We'll see, honey. Yeah. So because I think this is a very important question, and I really want to take time. Mm-hmm. Honey, yeah, start it again. And I really, really want to take time to answer this question because this is such an important question. I say this is a million dollar. In fact, this is a billion dollar question. And I I believe I'm well equipped really to talk about this because I've really experienced this personally. Um, and I think that every single woman out there, if you're out there 
and you need to you need answers to this same question or if you know someone who is single that will benefit from this this particular statement or my answer the answer I'm going to give to this please tag them on this post I mean on this uh, uh, Facebook live tag them tag them tag them on the Facebook live if you can right now tag them on the Facebook live how can a woman be able to um, tell let me let me just read this question again how does a woman draw the line between marrying a man for his potential yeah. or actually making a decision on his present yeah, behavior and circumstances? Now, the first thing is never ever make a decision to marry a man based on his current circumstances. If you do that, you're, you are most likely going to fall into the categories of people who married people who married uh, men for their money married men for their position and subsequently um a little bit down the marriage or married men for their prestige or their position um in in the church or position in the world you get to a point where subsequently down the line you discover that this man that you have married is actually a woman beater you didn't realize that the man was a woman beater. You become, subsequently become the punching bag of this man. So from the outward appearance, it appears that he's a well-spoken man. He appears that he has the money. He has the job. He has the car. He has the house to himself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, he has everything to himself, right? And you, um, you eventually now gravitate towards that because you want to acquire a certain social societal status a certain, a certain social status so never ever make the decision the mistake of marrying someone um based on their current circumstances they may not have a job right now trust me but listen to their vision this is, this is the next thing. Always marry a man of vision. Yep. That's the answer. If I come to you now and I tell, you know, my wife, you here. I sit down here. Before we were married, when we're having courtship and all that, I would sit down and I'll tell you this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to become. In the next two, three, four years, this is what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I didn't have a job to my name, guys. He had a job. It was just a small job, though. It wasn't like a salary job. It wasn't, yeah. Take care of a family and Ex all that. Exactly. But if it was a woman that was essentially... Comp so, so what, what, the, the problem... Yeah. The, the problem with with um, this sort of decision is simply because you're, comp you're comparing your future wife or, your, sorry, your future husband with other men... That you have experienced before, or other men that you that that in, in that you you sort of appreciate, or other men that you adore, and so you kind of think that your man has to be exactly the way the man is. So, because this guy has a car, or you because your girlfriend, okay, let's take that journey because your your so because of your girlfriend's husband has got a car, has got a job, doesn't necessarily mean. 
uh, um, and got a job when they got married or, you know, or has a job that is making millions of pounds, you know, the, the man might just have a job that is working in customer service. I take myself, for example, I was working in customer service while I was doing my, my degree and was doing my, my master's program. I didn't have money and all, but these are the things that you look at. He drive before marriage, y'all. Yeah. And he's now driving. But you have to say that. I'm just joking. So, there you go. So, never ever look at the man for his current uh, situation, circumstances, but look at the man that has a vision. Look for a man that has a vision. Now, how also do you tell that a man has a vision? It's based on how he shares with you. The second thing is you, you ask yourself, does the vision that this man have, um, can I be the helpmate? Can I be the perfect helpmate to help him actualize this dream and this vision that he has? Yep. If you do not have the capacity, if you are not ready to be a pastor's wife, don't marry a, a person who, who wants to be, to be a pastor. It's okay to say no, y'all. Like, if you don't want to be a pastor's wife, don't say you want to. Don't go ahead and marry a person who you know is going to be a pastor. Yeah. That's it. If you if you don't want to marry a doctor, um, because who is going to be on several shifts all throughout? You know, it's going to be on multiple shifts all through the night. Um, then don't marry a, a. Just because your parents want you to marry a lawyer, doctor. All these things. If you don't want that life and not ready to bear that burden, don't do it. You better just say no and keep it trucking along. Don't do it. So, a man of vision. Like, it's like me. People are surprised. Oh, he's across the world. Am I going to move to the UK from the US? Well, I mean, yes, I believe he was God's will, but if I could not bear that burden of starting a lifestyle here, uh, like a different life, I wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, I have that kind of personality to make friends really easily or. Like, you know, to meet people easily, and that's really, it's actually helped me, so. Yeah, so, marry a man of vision. If he shares that vision, you always ask the man, what is your vision? If every man, any man comes to you, ask him, what is your vision? Does your vision tally with my strength, my ability, mm -hmm. right? Does your vision tally with my strength and my ability? So, the second thing is, marry a man of character. How do you know that the man has character? Now, I, I understand that sometimes, yeah, I understand that sometimes that men are growing in their character, but then if you're prayerfully engaging the Holy Spirit, so this is not just a physical thing, it's a prayer-oriented uh, uh, stuff. You need to go down on your knees and you need to pray. Um, a man who doesn't love God fully now, um, if you feel that this is the person that God, God is calling you for, calling you to be their husband, the wife too, then you need to go and seek God in prayer. So, um, and because then, he may not change. Yeah, because he oh. may not, yeah, because he may, he may not change. But, you know, just engage God in prayer. Um, allow the man to be the pursuer. Don't go pursuing and looking for men. And to round it up, to round it up, it doesn't matter what age, uh, a young man of 20, 21, 22, 23 can have all these qualities. A man of vision, character and be a pursuer it's not about age it's just about the relationship with christ god and whether they're ready or not god is calling them ready because most of us need, do need to get married i do want to say that you know sound that alarm most of us do need to get married a lot of us are not called to be single life i mean single to the single um mm -hmm. world like mm -hmm. the single um lifestyle 
and uh, the earlier you, you can meet God's will and you have everything together, there's no, there should not be any delay. There should not be any delay for you not to get married. Hmm. Um, yeah. So next qu- question: practical examples needed to, on how to maintain boundaries in marriage. Knowing, I'm sorry, practical examples needed on how to maintain boundaries in courtship, knowing not all courtship end in marriage. Yeah, so practical examples. For me, it's early on, like, it's so easy now in our generation, especially women that have dated before, to kind of, like, give it up to, a, like, give it all to a guy, physically, emotionally, just because he's pursued you. And he's, like, said that he's interested in you. No, I was reserved, a little bit reserved. I had to reserve myself when my husband came and said that, he wanted to, you know, court me, and we started courtship and getting to know each other. Yes, I was honest with him. He asked me questions. I'll be honest, but like, I, I'm not gonna like, you know, s- the first couple nights like stay 24 hours talking to him and be all giddy and excited. No, like, I'm gonna be a little bit reserved in my speaking to him because it helps him pursue me more and want to get to know me more. So that's just the practical aspect. Like, it's not about being like, like um. Like stubborn or high-minded because you're, as a woman, you're reserving and you're being reserved. No, it's just wise and smart because a man, men like to work. That's just like their nature. So, yeah, very. The boundaries. <laughs> Can you say that again? Men like to. Men like to work. And that is their. And that is their nature. That is their nature. Mm-hmm. We like to work. We like to. Um, we like to. We, need, we like to to work essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. What would I say? So we men, we are very visual. Anything that moves um, really cuts, catches our attention. And so if we are given the small opportunity, if you like, um, we would take advantage of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry for the pausing, y'all. Okay. Uh-huh. Pausing? I paused the thing. Oh, sorry. Okay, so... One of the things that a man has to do is, first of all, for you to show yourself to be a true uh, godly man. Yeah, for you to be a true godly man. Yeah, for you to be a truly godly man, um, you have to set some boundaries. You have to set some precedence. What that means is you have to be at the forefront of of doing what is right. So the, the way you lead in a relationship is... It's almost similar to the way you're going to lead in your marriage, mm-hmm. um, and it's unless, of course, you know you completely surrender yourself to God, and God molds you um, as you gradually you and your spouse grows towards becoming one. But things barriers to sin is don't stay up late at night having conversations because that tend to um, uh, spring into something else. So you, you want to say if it's eight o'clock. Or nine, eight o'clock in the night. That's the final uh, finish. The the, the 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 last time during the day that you have a conversation, um, have a, a margin of of time um, that shouldn't go beyond eight o'clock. Um, don't be in a secluded environment with your significant other because there's a temptation that you know when you close 
It's not because you're evil or it's not because you don't love God. It's simply because you're a human being and you want to express your love to your significant other. So there's a potential of that leading into um, um, fornication, fornication and sexual impurity. And of course, if that is the case, you can and you should definitely go back to God and ask God for forgiveness and rededicate yourself and your relationship to God. Um, some people think that that is the end of the relationship, but I, I, I disagree. I think if two people truly commit themselves, recommit themselves back to God and say, God, we'll put this back in your hand. We're sorry for what we've done. God um, honors and appreciate that. Um, and uh, uh, ultimately, um, fill yourself with the word of God. The scripture says, David says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So, yeah, so I think we've, we've done justice to that. We can go to the yeah. third question. It'll be like one minute for questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, non-negotiable things like deal breakers we have both had when praying for a spouse. Both of us, non-negotiable, had to be born again, had to be born of the Spirit of God and declared Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I could not marry someone that has Muhammad Prophet as their savior or multiple gods and other religions. Some people think they can do that as a believer in Christ. I couldn't. The Bible is actually against marrying someone that's not a believer. So that that was definitely number one deal breaker. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, the second one really is um, uh, someone who is in God and out of God. So, someone who claims to be born again, but still go, but are not fully committed to... Wait, how's that non... No, no, we're talking about non-deal breakers. Deal breakers. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's non-deal breakers. That's, that's number so, one. That's just under number one, honey. Yeah, I'm just... I'm giving... A, a, expounding. Expounding on it. One minute per question, yeah. honey. One minute per question. Okay, so... So, what was another deal breaker? Well, another deal breaker for me was, like, educated in the things of the Lord, so someone that was a mature Christian. Some people want to marry someone that just joined the church yesterday. Nothing wrong with that if the Lord is leading you with that, but you have to see the fruit and you have to see the life of that other person that you're trying to, like, you, know, you want to marry, have, like, test faith, has passed some test faith, like some faith of tests, like, you know, tests yeah. of faith. Has, knows the vision God wants them to do, you yeah. know, just have some testimony, have some fruit on yeah. the tree. So I, I wanted to say that someone who's born again who loves the Lord, great stuff, but there are foundational doctrines that I could not negotiate. Yeah, okay. Um, gotcha. So there's certain things about um, the Holy Spirit, things about. Um, oh, hey, Shanika. Things about the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, thing about certain doctrines in the church that does not have any biblical bearing whatsoever um, that other church that certain churches practices that I completely think should be uh, th- I completely disagree with um, things around homosexuality and con- ideology around believe whether uh, uh, you know um, so, someone someone is you know the definition of, of gays is it acceptable in the scripture so those fundamental doctrines are non-negotiable. I'm not against, you know, what people have coined the hus- husband list, wife list. If you pray and God leads you to have certain, like, small little characteristics as well, 
definitely that's okay. Just you know, just be open. So I wanted a man that liked music, that was spiritual in that in that sense, enjoyed music, worship, um, in t- in tune. I wanted someone that was like educated in terms of like like business savvy wise, you know, in degrees, even though he doesn't have to have degrees, you know, to be married. But I want I, I desired that. I desired someone that liked to travel and just those things like that you can have those desires and it's okay. But that was those were like actually those are non that those are negotiable actually. <laughs> yeah. But even though I wanted them to be non negotiable and anyway, God okay. bless you with someone. Alright. Um Yeah, next question. Next question. Submit it. You can read it. Intimacy and sex so, is the last subtopic. Okay, so There's two questions. First question goes this way. What are some practical ways of conflict resolution in marriage for issues that are very important to the individuals and the solution no, needs okay, so I already to end, be reached? So I, I don't know why I had that. We already answered that question. Yes, it's right so, at the top here. Yeah, so... So we skip that, that one. That was no, no, but there's actually a question about intimacy and sex. But let's 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 go to the other one. So this is okay. So se- second question is really um, divided into three different parts. So we've just I think sort that of might just be the only question probably should answer. We've just we tagged it really part one and part A, podcast. part B, part C. So I'm gonna go f- go to the to to the, to the first part, the, yes, first part the first part, part A. Say so tips you have for those who may have survived sexual abuse when young and are trying to accept the that intimacy with their husband or wife. Uh, husband or wife is truly a gift um, when due to their experience, they feel extremely uncomfortable with it. Let me read that question it. again. Yeah. Tips you have for those who have, been, who have survived sexual abuse when they were younger and are trying to accept that intimacy with their husband and wife. That, is, that intimacy is truly a gift. Um, when, due to their experience, they feel extremely uncomfortable. So, th- that's the question. So, yeah. I've, I've not been a victim of sexual abuse. Have you, Anna? No. Did you say that? Um, I haven't been, but I, I, I have I've been, I've engaged people um, that have actually been in that um, situation. And, and I would say that, like, just being exposed to porn is a form of abuse without you even knowing you're exposed to pornography, which a lot of us have. I feel like it's a form of abuse, but I understand what the sexual abuse means, so no. Okay, so what I, what typically always happens is when someone has had that kind of sexual abuse, um, they simply do not trust men. So if, if it was a woman that was sexually, which is usually the case, a woman sexually abused by their their uncle or by their their um their father's friend or something like that they grow up distrusting men um really having a genuine hatred um in some cases for um uh, men that are out there who are simply just players um they they really don't have trust they don't trust that men that a man on earth, a man born of a woman, can actually be ever faithful to um, the um, to their wife. Right, so so um, the only way to deal with this is to understand that um, the relationship of um, marriage and the gift of a husband and a wife is something that is given by God. So appreciating, realizing that what you have as a husband 
is a gift. The scripture says that he who has found his wife has, has found a good thing and has received favor from the Lord. So, understanding that you as a wife, you are a, a good thing. Um, having been reassured of self-worth from, from, the, from, the, you know, from the word of God. Because the scripture says you're beautifully and you're wonderfully made. Having that understanding of self-worth. And understanding that you're a gift to your husband um, really goes a long way to um, helping you be more comfortable with being intimate. Um, and and uh, for the for the wife, if you were the if you were the survivor, the your spouse should make you feel comfortable, and yeah. should take things slow and should not rush things, because intimacy is giving. I also wanted to say that you have to be open to your spouse. Um, a lot of the time because of uh, people putting this in uh, internalizing this stuff and not really talking about it mm-hmm. doesn't help um, so your husband does not know why you don't want to make love with the light on yeah. you know uh, uh, um, and, and so he doesn't he cannot grapple with that because you've not really spoken to him and say hey this happened to me when the light was on or, or that sort of thing. You, you've not been open to you, to your spouse about what has happened to you so in the past. So that's a good segue to part two, which yeah. says, to what extent should something like this be disclosed to your spouse? Should it be, if so, at what stage? Courtship or full-on marriage? Definitely courtship. Yeah, I think when you begin... When you trust, when you him, trust him enough. Long enough. Long enough. Which I didn't trust my husband long enough to like five months in. He said that he loved me three months in. I'm like, why do you say you love me? Then... After a couple, like two months, after he said that a couple of times, I was like, okay, fine, I'll say it back. Yeah. I love so you. I think that um, definitely not just open your mouth and start talking about these things, especially um, um, at an early stage. Some men um, are not, once you tell them certain things like that, they might even be put off and might not want to continue with the relationship, marriage. Which is not um, biblical. Which is obviously not. How's that, how's that biblical? Which is obviously not biblical. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, rely on the Holy Spirit. Pray about it. Seek God. And when you have a, when you've been released, really, by the Holy Spirit to talk about it, then um, and by no- all means, yeah. go ahead and talk about it. And there's nothing wrong with when you're married, seeking counseling and therapy. Yes. With these types of issues, sexual abuse, because it's something that has to be worked on. It's yeah, make sure of Work. Yeah, make sure you see a, if you want to see Christian someone people. as a counselor, make sure you see a Christian Therapist counselor. Or a Christian pastor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, be careful, prayerfully engage these things. And then part C, following on that, maybe some people, as a result of their abuse, have quite have become quite promiscuous, or have been exposed to sexual feelings quite early, and are struggling with purity in heart, mind, and body. Yeah. Is that something y'all have faced? So I, I believe I, I have not faced that. No, I think I think it comes down to you. You made a, a, a point earlier on where you said the pornography mm-hmm. is actually sexual abuse. Yeah, a lot is. of a lot of us um, were exposed to this this um, this thing. Um, we didn't want to, we didn't have a which choice. we were really not supposed to be, to. and we should have been protected from. Yeah. And so you can say that again. And that now, is, obviously, now there's laws that protect pornography from just flying into the faces of young people. Yeah. We've, when we were younger, most most millennials 
there was no laws like that. You could open the website and there were pop-ups on like your very emails you, you had to create when you were like like 10, 11, 12, 13 because the school made you create them. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, right. So, how do you begin the process of uh, undoubtedly, yeah, undoubtedly, you know, many of us went on into having um, all sorts of sexual experiences which we really shouldn't shouldn't uh, have and so we had to begin to go through a process of of uh, uh, spiritual surgery if you like that's the only way uh, spiritual surgery um, of really um, giving yourself back to God of asking use asking God to purify you um, and ultimately, I think it's being willing to work with the Holy Spirit. I think um, the scriptures, we have the will as Christian, as, as children of God. God has given us the ability. Say, he who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. Yep. But when yeah. God sets us free, we should not go back and uh, put ourselves back into the bondage that we have been set free from. Um, the scripture says, uh, we know from what even Jesus said, We know from what even Jesus said that if a demon has been cast away from a person and they allow, they go back into the same scene, the demon is not just going to come by itself. It's going to go and look for even more stronger um, demons to come and dwell in the same place. So, so the danger is starting the process of recovery and resubmitting yourself back to God and then backsliding. So when you backslide, you've set yourself two step backwards yep. from where you've just started from. Yep. So it's utter commitment to the, Start, re, yeah. the utter yeah. commitment to um, kingdom uh, based uh, recovery process. And that's yeah. through sub- surrendering yourself back to God, rededicating your life back to God and um, devote your time in reading through the word of God so that you can be sanctified. Yeah, just it's a basically to round that up. It's 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 two parts, but mostly this is a spiritual battle hmm. that can be won spiritually. You don't hmm. have to be entangled in being promiscuous because of a sexual abusive past. You can be set free, you can be healed, and you can be restored. Yes, and a final thing about to say to that is that recovery is possible. And God is the architect, the author and the, the, author and the finisher of our faith. And, the reco- and that recovery, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah. trust in God uh, and, and just really look for a good brother and sister. And anywhere their sin is, is covered, it will continue to flourish. Um, yeah. So if you really want to be free, be open and, and, and let it out. Um, the scripture says, confess your sin one to another. So let somebody know what you're going through uh, and, and, and prayerfully, God will deliver you. Just to quickly add, you, so the person acts you know, in heart, mind, and body, purity. Just being overly consumed with the word of God, putting really nice wallpaper on your phone, on your computer, just any device that you have. Being attacked by the word of God on a daily basis, so you can start memorizing it, so you can start counteracting the impure things in your mind with the pure things. So this podcast is long. I don't know if we're gonna just upload this entire podcast, or we're going to maybe um, 
put it in pieces when we upload it to SoundCloud, iTunes. We would love for y'all to, when we do upload it, to rate it, to like it, and to share with all your friends and family. And so with that, any last words? Last words, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you being uh, with us live, uh, talking about uh, love in relationships. And um, my prayer really is that everyone that's been part of this is inspired. Um, is uh, encouraged and is admonished on a number of different things. And I am certainly inspired even talking because we really rely on the Holy Spirit to to, to take us through this uh, experience um, together. And uh, we pray that uh, our relationships and our our marriages um, will be on a different level from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was basically the prayer. Yeah, that's a prayer. (laughs) May God be with you. God bless you you all. Continent shine upon all of you. Thank you for joining. Good night. And keep loving. Keep loving. Keep loving, people. Keep loving. Good job. Bless you.